Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy, and we're bringing you a live show today. Yeah. Don't worry, we we didn't record it during the pandemic. I was going to say, yeah, it's been a while since we've released a live show. We mentioned a long time ago that we had this extra live show in the can that we hadn't released yet. This is from Dallas. And it's from June 2019. <laughs> uh, That's so, so long ago. It's a very long time. Uh, the reason we'd held onto it is because we'd we've been working on this very long standing investigation about Bob Larson, the Exorcist. So we gave a sneak peek to our listeners, our fans in Dallas. But now we're ready to start that series. Uh, We're a little late for Halloween, but uh, uh, hopefully you're still in the spooky mood and you'll enjoy this exorcism-themed live show. It's still Halloween. And we'll be unpacking this story in greater detail, but this is a a really fun first kind of overview to give you an idea of kind of what we experienced and where our heads were at. And I think this is our longest investigation ever. Oh, no, no question. Absolutely. And we started it in 2014, 13? Oh, earlier than that, 2012. Oh my gosh, 2012. Oh, Oh, good grief. Okay. When the world ended, remember? Oh, that's right. And we were like, let's celebrate in some special way. Okay, let's become exorcists. (laughs) Also, you'll hear us mentioning a change in venue. It was kind of crazy because we were supposed to play at one theater and the power went out. There was wild wind in Dallas that night. Really intense. And uh, thankfully, the uh, promoters were able to put us in a new venue. So you'll hear us uh, thank them. And up behind us, there was a big owl sign. Mm-hmm. So we were like, well, we found the right place. The owls found us here. Yeah, this this was all kind of at the last minute, and they very graciously accepted us and took our technical stuff all at the last minute. So it was pretty crazy, uh, but we were thrilled to be there uh, with the people who could make it. Now, if you're listening to this episode in the future, FYI, we're recording this intro in November 2020. So this is a big moment in U.S. history. Something's going to happen this week. Yes. Oh, goodness. Cross your fingers for us, future people. We've released a recent episode where we're talking about this election between Joseph Robinette Biden and Donald John Trump. And uh, uh, so, yeah, I'm actually I am. Currently, we are we are talking by Zoom as we record this intro and these inserts. I am currently on a break from the polling location. As soon as Thank we're done Ross. recording this, I'm going to run back and help voters vote, whoever they're voting Thank for. Thank you for your service, Ross. Thank you. And I will go back to my Alfred Hitchcock puzzle. Ooh. Wait, is it like... Um, <laughs> Like Equal service. 500-piece puzzle kind of thing? Thank you for asking. It is a 1,000-piece puzzle. <gasps> oh, my. That's twice as impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, my fiance, Drew, and I are putting it together because it's one of those puzzle puzzles where there are clues embedded in the puzzle, and then you have to figure something out. It's very complex, oh and I goodness. think it's just as important as being a poll worker. I know I'm getting distracted here, but I'm just going to ask, are you watching that new streaming show about chess? Not yet. I can't wait. Oh. Yeah, Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit. That's I was trying to think of the name. We watched the first episode. It's amazing, like everyone's yeah. saying. Ugh. But, oh, yeah. But I, mean, I thought I love, of you because you've been you playing know. chess all the time. Yeah, yeah. I love chess. I also love media about chess, so... 
thank you world. That has nothing to do with anything. Here mm-hmm. is our live no. show. Okay. Hey, everybody. Hello. Welcome. Welcome uh, to Ono, Ross, and Carrie. The in show Dallas. We don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. <laughs> and hello, Dallas. Yeah. Hi. Great to be here. Thank you for coming out in the wild weather today. This has been crazy. Um, I always love when we say hi, and there's always a smattering of waves. <laughs> um, thank it's- you for coming out, too, after the venue changed. Uh, sorry about that wind so many thanks to the three links deep ellum for taking us in buy drinks give her tips i'm pretty excited about the venue change because of the owl behind us i don't think we could have planned that any better no who could oh wait a second vamp while i uh, go (laughs) grab my stuff okay um so texas right uh it's really, if when, if you guys ever go on tour, any place you stop, just say the name of the city you're in. It's very popular. <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> People love it. Okay, I vamped. Well done. All right. I just had stuff I'd staged on the stage and I forgot to grab it. Speaking of which, I'm wearing my Texas shirt. This is my oldest shirt. I've had it <laughs> since I was 10 when it came down to my knees. And, yeah, I've, I've just held on to it. Yeah, looks good. It's a good shirt. I was telling Ross he could sell this at a vintage store on Melrose in L.A. for, like, $80. Because it's got holes. Yeah, it's ready. So I don't know if anyone's wondering why I'm carrying a cross. Nope, we're used to it. <laughs> oh, so, speaking of exorcism, that's why we're we here. We weren't. That's right. That's why we're here in Dallas. Yep. Uh, But this is a long story. This has been really our longest in-works investigation. That's right. And And we're going to reveal it in Dallas. (laughs) Okay, so did anyone here hear our Exorcist episode back in the day with Bob Larson? (laughs) Show of hands. Okay, yeah. Oh, good. So, Bobo, yes, the Bobo the Beaver All right, She knows it. Excellent. Yes, yeah, so this was what, 2013? Yeah, 2012, I want to say. Okay, it was one maybe. of our earlier investigations. So, Bob Larson, for anybody who's not familiar with him, he's really the most prolific exorcist in the world. Probably. I, I don't think that's a controversial statement. Who's the head exorcist out of the Vatican? Do you know? Oh, he has a very specific name, which Bob Larson has mentioned, but it doesn't come yeah, to mind. I was going to say every name specific, but then you reminded me Bob Larson is the most unspecific name you could have. Try Googling Bob Larson. <laughs> There's a lot of them. Yeah. So, yes, the, the Vatican does have its official exorcist. But yeah, Bob is doing his own thing. He is a Protestant minister, but we called him Bobo the Beaverneck because he does often wear the the clerical collar. Yeah, that priest collar that just looks like it has one tooth sticking out of you. You know, he hasn't done that the last few times we've seen him. Maybe he gave up on that shtick. Yeah. I don't know. But, you know, he wanted to look like an exorcist. Anyway. They have a look. Anyway. So We did that. So in 2012, 2013... We went to one of his deliverance conferences in L.A., and he will get a bunch of people into a room and kind of sniff through who has a demon and then exercise you. 
So this was a while ago, but at that conference, he said, if anybody wants to become an exorcist, we have a school. The, the International School of Exorcism. We're wearing our badges. So, okay, so this is embarrassing, and I will own this. We signed up for me to take these classes. Because you were really excited to take them. Yeah, I was. And it cost at least $1,000. We yeah. Sp- we spent $1,000. Yeah. And at every one of Bob Larson's seminars, he has books to sell. I've got some of them here. He's written 37 books. Mm-hmm. And he will tell you that a lot if you go to one of his conferences. All 37 are important, so you want to have the whole collection. I remember early on, he would even announce at our seminars that we would go to, he would say, this one is 217 pages, and this one, 187 pages of good information. What? <laughs> what? Do we, we don't need the page count. <laughs> but here, this one I'm reading right now, Jezebel. Very nice cover design, got to say. And she is the predominant demon of our day. Yes. You, so, if you start being an exorcist... Pretty um, much anything uh, with feminine wiles at its root. True. But that includes everything, apparently. Because even if like a guy is having sex outside of marriage, that can be Jezebel. Jezebel. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert. Jezebel is a male... All the demons and angels are male, apparently, or they're more male. Yeah, but Jezebel presents as a female. Which I don't know what to even say about that. I know. I uh, yeah. I wonder because obviously Bob Larson would not separate sex and gender like the greater scientific world. So yeah. hmm. I don't know. So that's that. I've also got my demon proofing prayers. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Again, what's the subtitle there? Bob Larson's Guide to Spiritual Warfare. Nice. And th- I mean, this is a Scientology-worthy cover design. Oh, definitely. Uh, blew out the highlights in the center of the image. That's important. Oh, this one's important. Larson's Book of World Religions and Alternative Spirituality. I refer to this one a lot. Actually, the Ekinkar entry is pretty good. Yeah. Well-researched, Bob. Oh, and this is his daughter's book, The Dark Side of the Supernatural. So when he started sort of gaining national prominence, he had a bevy of young female exorcists who were sort of his protégés. Yeah. And his daughter, Bryn, was among them. Called at the time the teenage exorcists, and they've been on TV a lot. Uh, And we've cycled through a few different iterations of them. It's like the Mouseketeers. There's, you know, (laughs) one set and then another set. Yep. And But Bryn remains. Yeah. It seems like most of the others have moved on to more typical lives. Brittany's gone. Yeah, Savannah, Tess. Um, I just looked up Tess the other day. Was it Tess? One of them has become a member uh, or a staff member in the California State Senate. Interesting. So back to the school itself. So it's an online class, an online seminar where you sign in, you have your own membership, and there's a portal, and you can now access these videos where Bob breaks down precept by precept, all of the things that you need to know to be a successful exorcist. There's like three major sections of the original International School of Exorcism. And one is all about just the church history aspect, kind of where all of this came from, what the, why it was common in the early days of the Bible, and just establishing that exorcism is a major part of what Jesus did. Yeah. And, and we don't argue with this. 
It, yeah, yeah, actually, he's got something on most of mainstream Christians here. Yeah, it's true. Jesus did a lot of exorcisms. It's kind of what they did at the time. And Bob, loving to enumerate things as he does, he'll go through and he'll say, okay, well, in the book of Mark, you know, you can see that there's seven chapters that talk about it. And out of 21 chapters, I'm making up numbers here, but that's, you know, X percent of all of the, the books in that book. And so it's the synoptic gospels. It's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They all have all the demon stories. John... Mm-hmm really doesn't talk about that. Yeah. But that's one way in which they are synoptic or seen together. So he kind of enumerates that way just by numbers of mentions and chapters that 33% of what Jesus did was exorcism. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's necessarily an accurate figure, but yeah, I mean, the books don't have like the times he pooped, but, but he even trademarked the phrase, do what Jesus did Yes. in answer to the perennial, what would Jesus do? And and told us that he always thought WWJD was stupid, but do what Jesus did. Very smart. smart. (laughs) Seems like the same thought. So you think this would be easy enough. I sit down, I watch like a half hour video, I take notes, I move on to the next one. For some reason, that takes me a long time. So seven years. I signed up in 2012, (laughs) and every few months, well, every day, I will remember, oh, I need to work on Bob Larson stuff. But, you know, making a podcast is tough work. Work is tough work. But every few months, I'll go in, I'll do a couple sessions, but I'm taking detailed notes. I want to be an expert on this. I'm watching films on exorcism. I'm looking up all the references. I'm reading about Josephus or Tertullian or whoever he's talking about. And so I'm making very little progress in this. Every now and then, Carrie checks in. How's it going on those exorcism classes I help you spend $1,000 on? <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, I'm almost past the first one, I'm, but I was nervous. Here's, here's the thing. I was also nervous because originally the idea was that after you complete the first section out of three, that you're going to have a video conference with Bob. And I wanted to be so ready. I wanted to have like every chapter and verse, like just ready. I wanted to be the star pupil. You're very much a completist, too. It yeah. sort of drives you crazy to skim over something, I maybe can't. not absorb it. I constitutionally can't. Yeah. So that was the idea. I was like, I was ready. And so I've now finished the first out of three sections. And I have this amazing long text document of all my notes. And each section contains 10 lessons. And each lesson has a 30-minute video attached to it of Bob standing behind a table telling you whatever. And a very easy quiz section. But yes. Every section comes with a quiz afterwards. There's 10 questions, multiple choice. If you get 70%, you pass. Yep. It's not hard. So you really need not absorb every little bit. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> don't ever even like email Ross a favor, because he will do the favor. You got to tell him, oh, you know, only if this is easy. Because otherwise, I'll just add it to a like 20-year list of things he needs to do. I appreciate that advice that yeah. <laughs> you're throwing out to the world. So we'll come back to the International School of Exorcism for a bit. But we can say that in the meantime, since we published those investigations, or the, the original exorcism episode... That I signed up to. I was going to say, we've also been to additional exorcisms. True. So we went to another one back in, I think, 2013. We saw some more... Same uh, hotel in Pasadena, Mm -hmm. and we saw more exorcisms there. And then we came back again (laughs) a few years later, more recently, just maybe two years ago. Yeah, I think maybe a little more recent. Because with Bob's going to be in town, you know about it. How do you know about it, Carrie? Because he will send you lots and lots of email. And not just email telling you 
I'm going to be in Pasadena, and I figured out that you live near there, also telling you, I'm going to be in Ann Arbor. <laughs> Great, Bob. This is... It, it, signing up for his email newsletter is like signing up for a political campaign where they'll say, we'll send you an email once a month or once a week. He'll, he'll say once a week. I've heard him say from his lips, once a week. <laughs> it's more like three emails a day. Yeah, it's a lot. And he keeps a blog in the <laughs> newsletter. Carrie's making the little scare quotes for blog. Yeah, because it's it only exists in the newsletter. And it will always be divided up. So you'll get maybe two paragraphs of his thoughts on whatever his, his bugaboo of the day is. And then it'll say, continued at the bottom. And then you have to scroll through all the dates the that ads. he's... Yep. Yeah, all the stuff he's going to do across the country. And then, okay, wow, back to the blog. And then it's reprinted the, in entirety at the bottom. Though sometimes it's... I don't know why this annoys me as much as it does, but it does. <laughs> you know, and this probably had something to do with re me remembering every single day, oh, you need to work on Bob's uh, classes. But then you've got like three emails to read with sometimes video links. He'll sometimes uh -huh. read his blog to you. And so you can watch it that way. Which is fun. That's nice. Yeah, you're right. That's nice. That is nice. <laughs> um, and not to mention that we hear every time he's in dire financial straits. Yes. And it's usually because he needs to go to Ukraine. Oh, they love him they in Ukraine. They love Ukraine. Ukraine is so ready for exorcism. And he's trained thousands in Ukraine. Thousands, yeah. Um <laughs> That's what he says. But it seems like every time we see him or hear from him, he's like, I got to get to Ukraine, and I have to raise $2,000 today to do it. The other one that we went to, the other exorcism that we went to maybe two years ago was also in Pasadena. And this one, I had signed up already as a student. And so I mentioned that as we were signing in. And so immediately, Bob pulled me aside and said, oh, I want to interview you. Can you tell me about what the school means to you and why is this important? And I'm trying to give these really neutral answers like, this is really fascinating history about the church and the presence of exorcisms in the Bible. But he videos me to include at some point later. And then we get in and there's the exorcisms happening. They're pulling people out of the audience. We'll unpack this more later, but this is the overview. So he pulls me up at one point. He says, you, you're part of the school and has me hold one of the demoniacs. That's the word for host of a demon as he's struggling with a couple other guys. And so there is a video on YouTube on Bob Larson's channel where you see this guy writhing around, yep. struggling with, I think it was the spirit of a jaguar. And, and you can see me right behind him. So there are like three or four very serious men like holding him and then Ross just sort of sublimely standing there. Yeah, they've got him, but the two guys on the side. But I'm there for backup, just yep. in case. Yeah. And, uh, and then you see Carrie in the video, and she's holding this cross. Yes. So for the people at home, Ross has been gesticulating with a large metal cross this whole time. Totally not threatening. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is the $100 cross you can buy from Bob Larson. It is his trademarked cross. For those of you who booed, I don't think you heard about the trademark. And we just learned this very recently, that this was created specifically for the TV show, The Real Exorcist, available for streaming on Amazon Prime. 
It was back in 2008. There was one season with eight episodes. Mm -hmm. We've watched two of them together. Yeah. It's got a British narrator, which lends it so much credibility immediately. I believe. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure that it was actually designed for that, though. The story that he told kind of suggested that, but then I've, I've heard him since say that he, when he was getting ready for the show, he said, I want something that looks really shiny and cool and scares the demons, but is flat on one side. And so Laura, his wife, went out and found that. Oh, oh, interesting. Okay. Well, now they make tons of reproductions of them and sell them for $100. So if that's the case, I wonder who deserves royalties. I keep royalties. asking this. Yes. Who oh. has the patent on the puffy cross? Does anybody recognize this puffy cross? Did you design this cross? You know what? Our, listen, our listeners uh. helped us find the Ekinkar logo designer. <laughs> yeah, it's true. All right, we're going to put up photos of this, and if you can help us identify who originally created this cross, you'll be our number one favorite person. But uh, what else can we say about this? Oh, yeah, the reason he wants it to be flat on the side is so that you can jam it into someone's forehead and not or, leave or, any... Or chest. Or chest, and not leave any marks. Speaking of your chest... <laughs> Let's. Oh, yes, I'm wearing a little tiny Bob Larson cross that I bought this weekend at whatever it is we went to that we're, we still haven't said. We're getting to. Don't worry, it's just as powerful, even though it's tiny. It's, it's like a tincture cross. <laughs> it's, it's just as powerful or more powerful. Um, Concentrated. And, <laughs> yeah, so he did anoint it and pray over it with me, which is an important part of the recipe. Did yeah. he anoint and pray over yours? Oh, yes. He takes oil and he rubs it on the cross and prays with you so that you can use it. What do they call it when you just rub oil on a food? Anointing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I doubt it. Casting aspersions? I don't know. <laughs> So that was a delightful moment for me. Later on, he called me up to pray with people. That's it's a fun story. I can't wait to tell you that. But marinating. <laughs> they should just call it marinating the cross. <laughs> Brazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Well, that, that's it for our show. <laughs> um, you know, you mentioned the tincture. If I could just stop you before we move on, I believe we have a special guest inside of my bag. Okay, I'm going to vamp. All right. Hope, hope could you vamp? Oh, yes, I am vamping. So I'm hoping that tonight none of you have taken anything that has a contraindication to ayahuasca in its purest and most potent form. Carrie has her bottle of homeopathically prepared ayahuasca tincture from Costa Rica. Someone said, what? Okay, so there's a few things that that need to be defined here. First of all, ayahuasca, it is a very potent hallucinogenic drug. That Ross has been on. Oh, boy. And... And a tinct- well, and homeopathy is the process by which you take a small part of an active ingredient, the thing that's supposed to cause the problem, and then you dilute sh- it. Yeah, you shake it up in water, and then you take a drop of that, and you put it in another thing of water, and you shake that up, and you put that drop of that, and you keep doing that like fourteen times. And the more you do it, the more powerful it becomes, to the point where there's <laughs> essentially zero percent chance that one molecule of the original substance exists in the final product. But homeopaths believe that water has memory, and so it captures and retains the energy vibration of the original substance. And magically forgets all the dinosaur poop. Correct. 
So this has been near something that's been near something that's been near something that was 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 near something that there was near something near ayahuasca. Thank you. So Carrie's going to pass this around, and if all of you want to take just three sublingual three hits. Three sprays under your tongue, like so. Yeah, get that t- tongue up. <laughs> Someone said, don't do it. <laughs> no, 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 but it's, it's homeopathic. It... <laughs> <laughs> That's my friend Joy, by the way. We're all going to be tripping balls here. <laughs> Joy, can I tell them how I know you? Okay, um, Joy is sort of a mini celebrity because you guys all remember my terrible boyfriend, Milo, the one who had a secret wife. She's here! <laughs> so buy her a drink. <laughs> She's saying no. <laughs> She's like, no. no, thank you. I don't need that many drinks. So, shooting forward. We got emails from Bob, as we do, three times a day. I, I hear the murmur of everyone explaining it to everybody else. Oh, yeah, do we need more explanation? I, so, yeah, I went out with this guy for three and a half years, and it just turns out he had, like, a bunch of partners and uh, such across, across Northern America, not... And what's Canada. That? Nor- North and America, a dog. Yeah. Oh, in Canada, yes. I was counting that in North America, but yes. I remember always feeling slightly unsettled that he didn't want Carrie to post any pictures of them on social media. Yeah, and I was like, this is normal and a situation I should stay in. Anyway. Anyway. He was there when we did our first uh, Bob Larson trip. He was like, I'm going to study cons and see how people pull them off. Speaking of which, 60 Minutes Australia did a piece on Bob Larson. And if you watch that, you'll see us in there as well. Mm -hmm. That's right. Okay, so yeah. what did we go to this weekend? Yeah, so why are we in Dallas? Well, A, because Dallas is awesome. But B, because Bob Larson was having his annual International School of Exorcism conference. Yeah. So we are each wearing name tags that say, well, mine says DWJD, do what Jesus did. What does yours say? ISE, International School of Exorcism. We're both students, so I don't know why we got different we don't signifiers. Know why. Yeah. Um, oh, but I think we uh, forgot to say, although I've only been in the school for like a year and a half, two years. Even more recently than that. Oh, okay. See, I don't even remember. I could pull it up on my Just phone. Just months ago. But, oh, okay. Months. Um, I've already surpassed Ross and the um, oh, completion. Oh, over this weekend, I got through one and a half lessons, and she went through... Uh, 20, something like that. 20-something lessons. Yeah. Um, but we have different philosophies about it. This makes me sound better than which, I am. Which is good. Uh, that we have these different philosophies. Yeah. So it's good. It's it's a way to test the fence. Like, you know, how much do they reward that studiousness and how much do they reward just breezing through? And Yeah. Skip- I feel like I'm testing the test. So, you know, I see how much can I get away with. How did it do? How did I... Oh, how did the test do? Um, not too great. Uh, <laughs> you could... You all in this room could pass it tonight. And the price is variable. So I paid $1,000 initially. You paid... 
500 I think. I think the price had gone down substantially. So this is the thing with Bob. The prices are very variable. So he'll change the cost as you're there at one of his events. He'll say, you know what? I'm feeling generous tonight. If you sign up for only $800, it can be yours. And uh, In that way, it's very much like buying, uh, what do they call those? Uh, when you go to vacation, but you share the vacation timeshares, it's that kind of thing where it's like the the price is moving, and you can tell, oh, I might go to this tomorrow, and it'll be three hundred dollars cheaper. Making Same you wonder how much value is this actually if you can drive it down all the time just to raise some emergency. Well, funds. and it's internet videos. I mean, there's startup capital, but after that. It's just living on the internet. But he's very good at telling you all the costs that went into that. He is. He can really break down what goes into a YouTube video. You got to have someone shooting it. You got to make it look nice. You got to edit it. You got to add the cheesy 90s training video music. Yep. He didn't say that. But he does add that. <laughs> so, okay, so we, we keep alluding to why we're here. So, yeah, we came for this conference. Uh, so people came from all around, all over the world. And, and our biggest question to each other was, how many people do how you think will, will actually be there? Should we uh, have them guess? Everybody just shouts out a percent at the exact same time. Yeah, Science. shout a number. How many people would show up for this? Okay. Okay. Oh, good. Oh, hearing a lot of 50s, 60s, a, a 2 and a 12. Okay. Yeah. I heard a lot of like 60, I thought. Actually, probably about the size of this room. That came? Yeah. Yeah. There were, so when we walked in, there were 64, but then later you counted it and it had increased to 86, I think. Yeah. That was, yeah. I think, at peak exorcism level. That does include all the speakers because they were sitting with us, but there were maybe 10 speakers. So this happened all this weekend. It finished up yesterday afternoon. So uh, I'm grabbing my notes here. We each took about, well, let's see, I took 38 pages of notes in this book. I, <laughs> yes, clap for notes. 38. We love them. 38 pages of notes. <laughs> um, for only $25, but for you, it'll be 20. You know what? Actually, this is perfect because I took 38 pages of notes on the first day. <laughs> But they're much smaller pages. You can see it was uh, it was like that hotel notepad. Now it's taped to this large. Carrie and I stupidly compete on pretty much everything. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with us. Why was I looking at my notes? I wanted to look up something in particular. Now I forgot. Oh, okay. oh yeah, the total number of people who've signed up for. Oh yeah, I think the course. Okay, I thought it was 80, 80 something. At it the was end. more than I would have thought. Oh no, like who've actually taken the International School of Exorcism? Oh yes, oh yeah, it's it was in like, the hundreds, um, like three hundred. I think it was five hundred something. Like three hundred in the U.S. and then like uh, yeah, like close to five. Oh here we go. No, six hundred fifty in the U.S. graduates. So that's not including me. Alumni. And then eight hundred worldwide. Including 73 in Canada. <laughs> What's that? Oh, Ukraine. Who knows how many oh, are in God. Ukraine? Oh, God. Thousands. So um, I'm looking at our third annual International School of Exorcism Convention trifold that has the sh schedule on it. Yeah, the speakers are many and varied. Dr. Terry Smith, Dr. Miguel Bastios, Lenora Oldham, Nikki Natalie, Adrian Kirby, Thomas Hainer. Has anyone heard of any of these people? No? Yeah, me neither. Gina Manning, Christopher Palacios, Brittany Palacios, Mark Chase, Dr. Jerry Mungadzi, Lucas and Diane Wagoner. So those are all our speakers. And 
they're all there for, you know, various different reasons, what exactly their bona fides are that bring them here. For all of you living here in Dallas, they were at the Hilton Garden Inn. Yeah, and nice. there are two, apparently. It was the one by the airport. Yes. DFW Airport South. So I think it's actually in Irving. Yeah. So all, all these people, I ended up at the end of this, like, researching them to see if they kind of, like, held up to scrutiny why you'd invite these people to your conference. Right. Uh, didn't go well. Carrie's testing the test. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, while you're, while you're pulling that up, Bob is so good at giving introductions to people. In fact, I would love if he came here and gave the introductions for us tonight. Oh, because, that'd be great. Because he'll just make you sound like the best version of yourself. He'll say, you know... Ross is a professional in animation and the best that you can find anywhere. And, was, and, and the person that I respect the most in this room, he always tells you something that gives you a superlative in this room. I, but, you know, he'll say it earnestly and sweetly and you'll think, oh, wow, yeah, this person. Like one guy, he was saying, he is the best pool man in all of Orange County. Rick Warren would not be able to baptize people if he was not there every day cleaning out that baptismal. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, so but, but you're a little harder on credentials. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like if it says doctor before your name, there's a lot of doctors. <laughs> I should here. be able to find what your doctorate's in or where you went to school. Oh, there was one guy who he didn't quite say I am a lawyer, but he was dishing out legal advice and talking about going to law school and about his practice and using all these words that you know, like. Uh, are in the cloud around the word lawyer, but I kept thinking, like, he is intentionally not saying lawyer. And uh, it turns out that's because he's not a lawyer. Um, yeah, he, he has been, but uh, is, is, like, no longer barred in any state. So during our second day, when the Q&A comes around after his presentation, uh, Carrie raises her hand for the mic, and she asks... Uh, so where are you active as a lawyer? Yeah, what state are you barred in? Um, what firm do you work for? And how do we reach you? And what did he say? Which is a good question. Thank He's, you. He said, you. oh, yeah, well, uh, you know, I work in um, Arizona. That's where I live now. And, uh, you know, technically, I, I can't remember what he said. He, he ignored the bar question, I think. No, he said, I'm barred in California. There you go. So, Carrie kept so the I'm microphone. Like, no problem. I'm in California. <laughs> so, Carrie had already looked this up. And so she says, Why are you listed on the website as inactive? The California Bar website. Uh, to which he said, A bunch of word salad. Yeah, that's true. But then afterwards, everyone came up to us. So, are you reporters? Whoops. So, that was near the end of the first day. Oh, was it still the first day? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this woman sitting behind us leaned toward, and she's like, so, are you... Oh, no, he was second day, but... Uh, oh, okay. Oh, maybe it was before, before lunch. lunch. Okay. So she leaned forward and said, are, are, you, are you a reporter? And I just froze and stared at her. And then she said, what do you do? And I was like, I'm a writer. And now she your said, credentials are being asked. And yeah, You're right. And then she said... Uh, she said, well, that's what I thought. Um, journalists are writers. And I was like, journalists are often writers. <laughs> that was the extent of our conversation. What is this, like a logic exercise? Like, not all swans are white. <laughs> therefore. Yeah. And then I left for lunch. Good times. Yeah, someone else came. So you were a reporter. Though, actually, someone asked me on the last day, 
you've been writing a lot of notes. What is your profession? And I did the kind of same thing. Uh, I work in animation. True. Not a lie. That was a live omission. Yeah. I was on um, the spot. No, you're going to take those notes to Disney and be like, guys, I'm going to change everything about the way we work here. I'm going to tell all my coworkers, that's for sure. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, it was, it was quite the, the list of speakers with uh, an amazing, amazing array of subjects covered related to deliverance. That's the name of this type of ministry. They call it deliverance. So instead of exorcism or demonology, they say deliverance. We haven't mentioned, by the way, that not only can you sign up for the International School of Exorcism, which Bob created and said, this is how I'm going to train up new exorcists. Carrie has already revealed to me that only the last final chapter actually talks about exorcism How to do an exorcism. How to, like, perform an exorcism. So you get through 29 videos before you get to the instructions. And maybe you paid $500 for it all. Maybe you paid $1,000. Maybe you paid more. But then afterwards, he created another set of instruction, the Advanced Academy of Deliverance. Yeah, I think so. AAD. Very L. Ron Hubbard. Another I'm done. Just kidding. I made more. For a mere $1,000 more, you can keep studying. Yeah. Yeah. We're not doing that. And we were, we were implored, encouraged to sign up for more, to buy more books. Don't make me go back with these books. <laughs> yeah. Buy them. You buy two, you get them for a discount. You buy two, you get my daughter's book for free. Don't worry, Bryn, you still get the residuals. Um, and he kept telling us, you need all 37. All 37 of my books are worth it. And some are novels. And we, we should mention... Bob goes back, like he's been doing this since the 80s. He was a radio talk show host. He was a major part of, a major proponent of the satanic panic of the 80s and early 90s. And also of recovered memory, which is a faulty therapy used to uncover memories of abuse that are supposedly embedded in your subconscious. Not very good evidence that this happens. But some, some people in the 80s and early 90s thought it did, and it turned into a massive countrywide panic that and probably it, some people here remember. And he's aligned himself with a lot of things that have been discredited. Mike Warnke, Michelle Remembers, he even mentioned from on stage. Michelle Remembers was the first big recovered memory book where she said that she recovered memories of being um, abused in a satanic cult, but she had completely forgotten this until adulthood, and then her hypnotherapist put her into hypnotherapy and ended up recovering these so-called memories. So she wrote this book, Michelle Remembers, and it's been thoroughly debunked. Her family, who I've been in touch with, her family and her sisters are like, no, this didn't happen. She, like she, uh, They strongly believe she was made to be unwell by her therapist. And this was a very common thing. And in fact, Teal Swan, who we did an investigation on recently, she has stories that were remembered through hypnotherapy, one of the same therapists who was involved in a lot of these other cases. Yeah. So that's his provenance. We got there on the 7th. And what was up first? Well, he opened things up with his wife. And it's very much a family operation. His wife. uh, (laughs) Laura, who's the sweetest lady. Oh, my gosh. I haven't actually met her in person other than a very brief greeting, but she just seems so sweet and And heartfelt. 
And this weekend, we came away being sure, because we weren't sure before, is Bob really earnest with all of this? Yeah. Does he really believe that this is what he's doing, or has he found just kind of a clever niche and and sort of a a scheme? But I I have no doubt after this weekend that he really believes it. I, I think so, too. I began to believe he believes it because of his wife, though. When mm-hmm. she's on stage, like, she just, you know, you look at her and you get that feeling of, like, I'm not being bullshitted. This is so sincere. And she would talk about him living the life, you know, coming home very, very late and getting up early to go do this ministry and sacrificing a lot financially, etc. And I definitely, I just looked at her and was like, wow, I just believe you. Uh, yeah. That could be false. We could be wrong. But that was my and he kept, feeling. he kept mentioning to us that he could be out playing golf, retiring, uh, but no, he's chosen to keep doing this day to day. He has no plans of stopping. And he was just celebrating just a few days ago his 75th, 75th birthday. birthday. Yay. Yeah. 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 Happy birthday, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Go, Bob. <laughs> Bobo. And, and also, he had his family there. So they're a very close knit family unit. His daughter, oldest daughter, Bryn, was there. And, and he brought up each of his three daughters and he talked glowingly about them and the classes that they've taken. Told us their GPAs. Yep. Yeah. He, he likes numbers. He likes statistics. Yeah, that's true. And then, so he had three daughters up there and he told us the GPAs of two. Or the third one, I was like, okay, didn't do so well, huh? He said that she graduated with honors. Yeah. Well. But she's also married, which is really her main mission in life. <laughs> True. She's going to medical school, though. It'll be interesting to see what happens yeah. at medical school. Yeah, they, yeah that was just, they're not that regressive. I, I, I shouldn't say that because uh, they are very much pursuing careers and obviously highly intelligent people. Even women can be exorcists. <laughs> it's a beautiful family, and, uh, and it seems like they're a very happy unit. I didn't, I didn't get the sense of, uh, there were the little eye rolls here and there, like, oh, Dad, you really going to make me take the picture in the corner here? But for the most part, they all seem to be a lovey-dovey. Definitely. So we're going to tell you a little bit about like the speakers and what happened, but then we're going to unpack this more in subsequent episodes. So our first big speaker was... Uh, Dr. Terry Smith. Yes. Okay, yeah. Uh, down Dr. Terry Smith, I've looked up since. Boy, had a lot of trouble in Dallas because oh. he, got, he got in pretty bad trouble. Does someone know the story? I heard the sound of recognition. No. Okay. There was uh, in your local paper, the Dallas Observer. Sorry. Okay. Nod, nod, nod. There was coverage of him having uh, been kicked out of his church for maybe theft, but uh, also lots of allegations of uh, sexual harassment. Oh. Yeah. So tell us what he said. <laughs> okay. Well, he was brought up as kind of the the patriarch almost, that he had originally been someone who fostered Bob Larson himself in the early days and gave him an audience. And uh, he was just telling us how proud he is of Bob and everything that Bob has done. And uh, sort of giving this imprimatur of this kind of older, respected church figure. I didn't know about any of this, though. Sure. But he didn't include it in his bio in the trifold. He does does make kind of reference to the fact that, oh, we've suffered the slings of arrows and we've, uh, you know, been stabbed in the back. And through all of this, Bob has continued and persisted. Yeah. There will be sort of veiled reference to, like, false allegations here and there. So, uh, oh, yeah, one thing that I learned from Terry's talk was that, oh, yeah, that um, you can get a demon from having sex on prom night. That happened to someone that he, uh, someone in his congregation who he had to give a deliverance to. And 
Terry had never seen anyone fly across the room like that guy did after he delivered him. Oh my goodness. There were so many stories where they tell you about this amazing physical thing they witnessed. You know, oh, if you had been there and had a camera really zoomed in on this intervention, you would have seen his eyes turn black, completely black, for 45 minutes. Or a white triangle developed between their eyes. Okay, did anyone snap a photo? Or no. The, the eyes turned completely green. Did he have green eyes? In the age of ever-present cameras, did someone get one picture of this guy levitating? No. 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 And Bob will be the first to say, as he does on his show, I've never seen a head rotate 360 degrees or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But they do make these paranormal claims, which are, I think, very important to selling this whole drama. But there's no evidence of that. With all the exorcisms he's put on YouTube, and he keeps trumpeting the 20 million views his videos have gotten, not a one of them has anything that is paranormal. Yeah, and I mean, just even how little they mention these things tells me they're unlikely to be true. Because, I mean, if if you saw someone fly around the room, you'd be talking about that nonstop. It wouldn't just be the fifth data point in your story where you're like, okay, uh, this guy had sex before marriage, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yeah, flew across the room. Then, you know, that yeah. would be the big moment in your story. That exactly. would be, yeah, that would be the punchline. That's always my thought. If I really saw that, that is not how I would be telling this story. Yeah, I'd be like, you'd be burying the lead. Indeed. Whoa, 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 Carrie, Ross. Yes. Chill out. Hang on, please. This is Carrie from the future. I just wanted to jump in here and say, I know you changed spaces one time from mm-hmm. this first venue to the second venue. Mm-hmm, correct. If you had to go to a third space, where do you think you would go? I would want probably, you know, I'd be looking for a specific shape. And I'd be looking for technological capabilities. So I'd probably okay. I'd probably go for a Squarespace. Oh, interesting. Because there's actually a website called squarespace.com where you can design what? your own websites. What? And so while I was talking about physical spaces, now that you mentioned that, I'm like, wait, maybe a digital space would be even more impressive and reach a wider audience mm-hmm. because the internet is everywhere and nowhere. Whoa. Yes. And okay, I want I want to know more about the Squarespace. What if I'm an architect? What if I'm a fine mm-hmm. artist? What if I'm a producer mm-hmm. or an instructor or a record label? Can I use Squarespace? Oh, absolutely. You could be any of those things. You could be something else. You could be a personal trainer, a coach, a gym, a museum. I'm so many of those things. I know that about you. Uh, you're several types of buildings. And a dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet. So you can make it a reality with Squarespace. Okay. Well, you've already convinced me at this point, but let me lock in some specifics here. Can I blog or publish content? Oh, absolutely. We're talking about on squarespace.com? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, not only can you do that, you can do it and it will be very pretty. Okay. Well, what if I want to promote my physical or online business? Oh, you can absolutely do that. Yeah, yeah. No question. That's kind of what it's made for. Okay. And it's not a make or break, but would I be able to announce an upcoming event or a special project? Even if it were make or break, you wouldn't be making or breaking. Wait, no, you'd be making because, yes, you can. <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, do they have any beautiful templates? Oh, yeah. They have beautiful templates. They're created by world-class designers. None of this crappy American class. This, it's world-class. This is so cool. How about powerful e-commerce functionality? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's amazing that you'd mention that because those are the exact words I'd use. It is powerful. It is, uh, yeah, e-commercial. So what I mean by that is you can sell things on 
your own website. Um, good, good. And it's all just set up for you, even if you're not some techie nerd. Any chance I could buy new domains and choose from, uh, how many oh, extensions yeah. could I choose from? Yeah, you can get your own domain there. And in fact, they, I think they have over 200 extensions. Oh, that's more than I was going to ask for. Okay. And tell me about the support. Is it any good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually have 24-7 award-winning customer support. So anytime you want to come in, even if you just want to chat, like if you're just lonely because it's a pandemic call squarespace oh good i need a friend (laughs) (laughs) all right well okay sign me up where where do i go what do i do okay well ross is it i'm ross you can go to squarespace.com slash oh no o-h-n-o for a free trial and then when you're ready to launch because you will be you'll be so impressed Mm -hmm. just use the offer code oh no o-h-n-o to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain i'll do it perfect I'm so glad I interrupted us to tell you about this. Yeah, no, this is really helpful. You know, we'll get back to Bob Larson, I'm sure, our past selves. But uh, while I've got you here, um, I was wondering if you had any shoe recommendations. Oh, yes. (laughs) That's so funny. So I have this little notepad here of things I wanted to tell you. And one was about Squarespace. And the other is actually about a shoe company. Oh, this is an amazing synchronicity. This is so weird. Okay, so anyway, it's about Rothy's. Do you know about them? Um, oh, yeah. They make uh, shoes from reclaimed plastic bottles that they mm-hmm. process into uh, comfortable thread and make sustainable shoes. Exactly. You're thinking of the right company. And they're, oh, their designs are so cute and they're so cozy. You know, it's, it falls coming or maybe falls here if you don't live in Los Angeles. And you probably want some comfortable, washable, sustainable products mm-hmm. to enjoy this this autumn And Rothy's is the answer. They make shoes that are seamlessly knit with thread from plastic water bottles, as you mentioned, and they're ultra comfortable. They're very pliable and soft. And so as soon as you put them on, they feel like you've owned them for five years, but in a good way. And there's zero break-in period. Now that you mention it, actually, my wife owns two pairs of Rothy's shoes and loves them. Oh, wow. Yeah, then I've kind of wasted my breath talking about it but yeah i don't know why i asked i should have just thought rothy's it's cool it's cool well Uh, if anybody else just happens to be listening into our conversation they'll know oh touche and for them there's another major bonus they're fully machine washable so every time you need to get them clean just toss them in the washing machine no big whoop and from start to finish rothy's prioritizes sustainability and manufacturing every step of the way and that's uh, a, a value I hold. So what should, you know, the FBI, NSA, anyone who's listening in on this conversation, oh, what um, should they do if they want to buy some Rothy shoes? Okay. I mean, I have a lot of questions about that situation, but mm-hmm. um, if we're just talking shoes, then check out all the amazing shoes and bags available right now at rothys.com slash ono, O-H-N-O. So that's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S, dot com slash oh no o-h-n-o mm-hmm. that's right okay great thanks carrie uh, should should we go back to the dallas show yeah let's go back to texas okay <laughs> so next up was miguel bustillos yes oh yes this was great uh-huh uh so his bio here says university professor and academic dean i could find absolutely no reference to him on the internet 
Okay. Which usually, if you are the dean of a university in Virginia, which is how it's described, I, oh, I that thought, seems Googleable. I thought he was attached to a VA hospital. I thought that's what the VA for. Well, anyways, he. Oh, <laughs> um, a professor at a VA hospital. Yeah, an academic. Oh. De- well, sometimes they're attached to like a, an institution. Oh, that does sure. Research. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it's a university in Virginia. I'm not sure. Anyways, so he went from being an academic dean to being a full time deliverance minister. Mm -hmm. And so his whole talk was about, here are 10 practical business tips on how to quit your day job and do exorcisms full time. So, you know, you're going to need to advertise, get a website, use Squarespace. Such basic advice. It it really was basic advice, but he was such a practical guy. Like, hey, you're going to need to fund this. And I know it's awkward to ask for donations, but you need to have a system to do this if you're going to support your family. So it was, yeah, it was that mundane. You need to, you got to market your exorcism business. You got to get a Twitter about your exorcism business. You know, this is the 21st century. But the next speaker, I think, was pretty darn exciting. Uh, Lenora Oldham. Yeah, Lenora oh, Oldham. Lenora Oldham. Okay, so <laughs> she oh, is she is a seminarian and homeschooling mom. Yeah. Oh yeah. Aww. So apparently she has. That, that is a very noble profession if you're teaching your kids actual information. Oh goodness, this woman. Okay, so she has apparently something like three seminary degrees. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about how her family, like her, both her dad and her mom's side, they've been ministers for years, like really notable evangelists. Mm-hmm. So she comes Oh, yeah, by, she said she had a famous theologian in the family, but didn't tell us their name. I know. You know what? Ha, when I was struggling for words to say to her later, I should have asked that. Oh, I, yeah. I want to know who's that yeah. famous theologian. Anyway, so she then married an IT professional. And as Bob Larson will tell you, He is the best IT guy anywhere. He knows everything about computers. Smartest computer guy in this room. And he had not just one demon, not just one corrupted bloodline. This is a big thing for Bob Larson, by the way. These these demons can, we learned... Be intergenerational and and inheritable. And change your DNA. Yeah. Remember that scientific standard for later. And so she uh, found that her husband started manifesting these demons, and he had four corrupted bloodlines through each of his grandparents' lines. Yeah. So he was just carrying like a megaton of demons, and he had to be exercised and exercised again. But also, if you know where your lineage stretches back at all, Bob will find a way that that is bad news. You could be like, I'm French, and he'd be like, oh boy, the French Revolution, yep, you have a bunch of demons. But he does seem to be, I think, this is uh, just my subjective analysis, I do think he is much more grotesque uh, to people of color. He'll Mm. sort of immediately with every black person, he'll tell them, uh, oh, you have like the demon of slavery is still with you. Every African-American person has African demons in them, essentially. Yep, boo indeed, boo indeed. So I, I hate to I hate to typify her, but she just immediately struck me. She was wearing eyeliner and oh right, a fair amount Nakia, of no wait, what's her name? Lenora Oldham. Le- Lenora, yeah. and there was just something about her that just felt like the uptight Christian mom who's offended and angry by and about everything. You said a very funny thing in the car afterward. You said she's the kind of person who sends her salad back. <laughs> 
Someone's clapping in the back. Yeah, it's send that true. salad back. <laughs> yeah. And it's true. I mean, you immediately picture that woman. I, I interacted with her later in the hallway, and you could just see her eyes searching me for there's something wrong with you. I'm gonna spot the demon in you. I'm gonna we're gonna have an exorcism right here. And it's just this uh, sort of paranoid energy. Yeah, and it's just this really uncomfortable gaze. You know, she's just getting close to you and kind of looking in your eyes, like, oh, I'm waiting for you to jerk or do something. And she's asking, So what's your story? What's your background? And uh well, I, I and I'm trying to give her I haven't had too much personal interaction with deliverance or Satan, but, you know, I'm learning. (laughs) Uh, And she said, oh, well, you will. She said, everybody has something. Tell me about your bloodline. Who says that? (laughs) Uh, Well, mostly Northern European. Uh, I'm Jewish on my mom's side. Oh, there's a lot there. Sure, sure. That's Lenore, everybody. And she was the most prolific question asker of the entire conference. Oh, which, oh, you're right. She asked a lot of questions. You're right. Absolutely. Even more than we did. Uh, one thing that she said is she was, a lot of these people will start out their talks basically giving their testimony, their experience in Christianity, and coming to this ministry in particular. And she said, well, I, I grew up religious. I already thought that I knew all there was to know. And then people started manifesting around her, which means that the demon is kind of coming up to the surface and talking through that person's mouth. Yeah, you can't help it. You just start growling and yelling. She mentioned that she passed by people in a grocery store and they started manifesting and she described them as mentally ill people so I was thinking like okay what what difference are you drawing then between manifestation and something like schizophrenia oh yes this comes up a lot speaking of which if anyone starts manifesting here just push them towards the front we'll take care of yeah them. we got we're it. trained oh, we're, we're trained almost graduated um Oh, Ross is giving the evil gaze. I had a few people avert their gaze, like, don't look into my eyes. <laughs> um, she mentioned that her husband in particular had been possessed, and that's part of why she came to realize she needed to go into this ministry more full-time, is because she had to deliver her husband. I, I've got to say, though, that there is no stigma attached to having had demons to having had them cast out of you. Uh-huh. Frequently throughout the seminar, people in the audience would say, oh yeah, that was me. I was. I had your scream towel in my mouth. <laughs> there were people admitting to that. Bob has a scream towel. I just realized, why did I never ask Bob if he has been possessed? That's a great question. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, missed opportunity. <laughs> okay. So uh, about her... Her Oh, yeah. So her husband got delivered. Then her daughter got sick for two years with something inexplicable, she says. And she thought it was allergies, but she took her to the doctor, and the doctor said, it's not allergies. There you go. This was the entirety of the story. I think Uh. the implication was it was demons, but I feel like it's not an either or. (laughs) Do I have allergies or demons? There's nothing else you could have. This was pretty funny, too. They had their brand new sound system there this weekend, and constantly, as they would be speaking, their voices would suddenly diminish, and they would be crackling. And, like, take advantage of this opportunity, Bob. Say it is Satan, but he doesn't. But it's in the speakers who are supposed to be experts on these things, and so it was really awkward. And he's saying, no, no, this is just technological. It's not demons. <laughs> Oh. There were a few missed opportunities on Bob's part. I was mentioning this to you at lunch today. Never does he make a, a joke about how possession is nine-tenths of the law. 
Hello. Missed opportunity. I know. He had one speaker who had a master's in exercise science. Come on, say exorcise science. It writes itself. Come on. You would miss these. Nice tip I have here. You've heard about the emails in case you've been convinced now you want to receive Bob's emails as well. All you have to do is text this number 22828 with Bob and uh, you can sign up for the newsletter as well. No one's taking out their phones. You're huh. welcome. Okay, someone That's over there's doing two, it. That's 22828, Bob. Now, Lenora's husband, by the way, had 70 identities living in his body when she exercised him. He had every demon except for cannibalism. That's more common than you would think. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. That's right. She learned that her husband's grandpa was a Freemason. Oh, that's the oh. worst thing you could be, a Freemason. Oh, oh, the worst. My grandpa was a Freemason. Oh. I know. Oh, I boy. Know. We need to get this out of you. Okay, so our next speaker was... Oh, wait. Hold on. What other kind of important thing? She also had a doctor, a daughter who had had epileptic seizures... And oh, sure, epilepsy. Right. So, of course, she attributed this to demons as well. Oh, this um, poor family. And, and mentioned that as her daughter was walking down the stairs, a, a picture on the wall supposedly flew at her. And the mother picks up the picture and says, oh, my gosh, I know why this happened. Someone in the photo once uh, studied Wicca. She was a witch. And that's why you were attacked by this photo. So, like, this girl may not be getting medical care. That's terrible. Yeah. We right, had, there was a guy sitting next to us who told us that he had just cast the spirit of someone's great-grandmother out of her. And I'm thinking, is that a thing? Like, I don't know if that's yeah. theologically consistent with the Spiritual Freedom Church and right. do what Jesus did and the International School of Exorcism. Yeah, it suggests that when you die, you... The, the usual, like, biblical account is either... To be absent from the body is to be present with God. Right. So you either go to heaven or you're in, like, a limbo waiting to be awoken. But this this posits ghosts, yeah, basically. Theolo- yeah, theologically suspect. And more questions for Bob. Making a note here on audio so I can write him later. <laughs> if you have a question for Bob, just come up and say it in the microphone. Let's get it to him. Yeah, okay, who was next? All right, so our next speaker is Nakia Nat- Natalie. All uh, right. She's the personal trainer, the exercise professional. Come on. And she was supposed to tell us about kind of the, the connection between the physical healing that she's you know an expert in because she's a, a, phys- a personal trainer, and, uh, and, and exorcism and deliverance. And she didn't really talk about that until Bob asked her during the Q&A. And then she had a good answer, but really her whole talk was just kind of her personal her history. Her personal story. Which is very interesting. Yeah, she had had a bunch of near-death experiences. She had had out-of-body experiences. She believes that she had a curse that gave her cancer. She did survive her cancer. Uh, obviously. I mean, her, her cancer is in remission. But she went to university. She started digging around in cells, and that's how she realized that we have to be designed. We couldn't possibly be a random clump uh, of cells developed by evolution. So we, we get into the meat of the anti-evolution talk Yeah, here. just a little bit. It wasn't as present as I would have expected. But we were also talking about a very literal Adam and Eve in a very literal garden. So I think we know evolution is ruled out. Yeah. So she actually went to Australia to do a yoga program 
And you can imagine how many demons were there. Oh, yeah. Yoga, bad stuff. Bad. We had another guy come up later who, uh, he has a website, Yoga... Yoga Truth, maybe? Yoga Danger. Yoga Danger, I think that's it. I think it's yogadanger.com. Anyways, he collects articles about how, how dangerous yoga is and how you'll be filled with negative spirits. It would be great if it was just about those studies, though, that show you don't need to do hot yoga. You don't got to do it. It doesn't give you any extra benefits, and you are more likely to tear a muscle. Do cold yoga. Normal I, yoga. I guess that's our territory. <laughs> Tear? Is that where we're... No, just covering um, hot yoga. Oh, you're right. That's true, too. We, we do a podcast. Okay. Our next speaker was uh, one of my favorites, Adrian Kirby, a.k.a. the Dreamweaver. Now, that sounds like a sports person's name, right? Isn't there like an Adrian Curry? Curry. Yeah. That, that's a, oh, yeah, there's a Is model. That not a sports and person? there's a model and a sports guy named <laughs> Adrian Curry. A Kirby Puckett, yeah. With, he played for there's the Twins. There's not an Adrian Curry? How do all these podcast fans not know if there is an athlete named Adrian Curry? I thought so. All right. Adrian Kirby. Uh, so also known as the Dreamweaver because he, he does hair extensions. And, mm-hmm. and you know what? You can go to. Have you seen his van around here? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. He has this amazing van that drives around town. We saw it parked in the handicap zone, which is weird because he is not only a deliverance minister, but a healer. Oh, true. True. Okay. True. But for a mere thousand dollars, he will... A complicated complaint, but yes. What's that? Oh, he said a complicated complaint, but yes. Healer, heal thyself, but sure. Uh, But for a mere thousand dollars, you can get your hair extended by this man, and... (laughs) <laughs> he had very lovely, luxurious hair, uh, and you know he spoke very quickly and 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 uh, he, excitedly. He's very funny, but he assured us that I am straight, even though I'm a hairdresser and I yeah. talk like this. Yeah, it seems it seems homophobic. I uh, got into it because I like the one. Oh, this guy had a lot of things going on. But the other, aka penis hands. I'm sorry. That's what you were calling him the whole time. Oh, saying dick, he had oh okay. Dick hands. You're making it sound very different. <laughs> Well, By following I, up his homophobia with penis hands, okay, but, I was saying, you told me that you saw him in the bathroom and he didn't wash his hands. Yes. So the rest, okay. so the rest of the time, Carrie was calling him dick hands. Dick hands, yes. That's it, yes. Dick hands, yeah. You know, once you see someone not wash their hands, it's just... It's so gross. They're gross forever. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw him later and he was kind of... I had shook his hand earlier in the day and then he saw me again and I was like... Mm. People notice, and they tell other people. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. So, oh, yeah, you're, if you got extensions there, they might be full of poop. <laughs> oh, <laughs> for a mere $1,000. Oh, yeah. He also told us it costs $1,000 to get hair extensions there. That's too much. If you only learn two things, you don't need to do hot yoga. You don't need to pay $1,000 for hair extensions. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome to We're full of voice. useful advice. Um, so, uh, okay, back to the, what was his name? Adrian. Yeah. He told us that 100% of Christians need deliverance. And this is something we'd hear a lot, that uh, people think that if you're a Christian, you don't need deliverance, you can't possibly have a demon, but that's not true. Um, in fact, most of their clients are Christians, which it's sort of a self-selecting sample, but 
Yes. Th this is an important point for this ministry, though, is that uh, they say that in mainstream Christian churches, they tell everybody Christians can't get demons because we're protected by the blood of Christ. We've accepted his protection. His you know, victory at the cross was final. Uh, but no, Bob tells us it continues on. For whatever reason, God has decided that occasionally uh, the devil can get legal right, legal right to inhabit your body and make things go south for you. And as we learn in the school of, of exorcism, this answers the question of theodicy. Why do, why do bad things happen to good people? Because Satan can get that right, like he did in Job, to come and make your life horrible. Yeah. Everyone's nodding along. Yeah, that makes sense. It does make a certain sense. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, here's some good news, though. He does healings and deliverances out of his hair salon um, here in Dallas. So uh, apparently he has a side room uh, three doors down from his hair salon, and sometimes he'll be giving people a haircut and decide they need deliverance and take them down there. I, we're oh, selling it well. I feel like we should get a commission, like 10%, right? 100%. Oh, definitely. If yeah. these people go, yeah, use uh, code oh no when you go. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he gave us a piece of advice that for a second sounds great and then I realized was terrible. He said, when you start your deliverance ministry, you'll get these calls on your voicemail that say, I have an emergency, please get back to me. Well, I've learned if you wait 24 hours, the emergency's gone. Uh, yeah, I know. Because they're dead. Well, yeah, or, or they found someone else who would actually help them after they made 15 calls of people taking your advice. I mean, that's good advice of, like, you write the angry email. Yes, wait overnight, and then see if it's still a good idea to send that. Sure. Maybe a, a deliverance emergency. Eh, you might want to get on that. Yeah, but, well, I mean, hopefully that person called a hospital and You know what? That's a good policy for deliverance <laughs> uh, practitioners. Wait 24 hours. <laughs> wait so several weeks. Wait your whole lifetime. Okay, so after that was the best speaker... Of the entire conference. Oh my gosh, Ross. Okay. I can't believe that this moment happened in our lives. This is what so excited the right entire now. podcast has been leading to. So excited to tell you about this. Okay. All right. So, first of all, thank you, Dallas, for bringing this person into our lives. His and actually, he did study back in the day at Dallas Theological Seminary. That Paula. is one of his two Bible degrees. And the doctorate that he's listed as a PhD for is in emotional counseling, something like that? Um, yes, and that one's not from... I don't think that one Yeah, is, that's a different place. But yeah. one, of his, one of his theological degrees is from Texas. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, uh, his name is Dr. Jerry Mungadze. And he was there selling his books in the back, so you had all of Bob's... Oh, University of North Texas. He went there, too. Oh, hey, okay. He's a local. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Just Go wait Texas. till you hear about him. Wait, wait, wait. What is this hand symbol? The claw. Oh, that's oh, what we're claw. doing. Okay, the that's claw. University of North Texas. Eagles. Eagles. Oh, the oh, Eagle okay. Towns. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, Okay. <laughs> Okay, so for the Is people right? at home, a bunch of I've got it now. Okay, Dallasonians are showing us the claw. You know what? I'm, oh, I can't say this, but if I ever see him again, I'll do this. Who? 
Dr. Jerry Mungadzi. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Um, so his name is Dr. Jerry Mungadzi, and uh, he <laughs> okay. Um, he is a leading researcher in neuroscience. We were told one of the yeah foremost thinkers who inspired Bob back in the day when Bob was just getting started to look into the connection of the mind and disease and mental health and deliverance because he was on the forefront making these connections. And so in the back, he had a book, well, a few books that he was selling, but one was, uh, he has this like right brain ministries or right brain yeah, uh, that's right. therapy. And, and one of the books was all about the brain and the component parts of the brain. Yeah, somehow I failed to bring it, but uh, it's called Heal Your Brain, Heal Your Life. And I said, I want to do both of those things. Here's $10. Yeah, and I went back there, and I kind of thumbed through it, and I saw, okay, what are they saying? And it was just so generic. Like, they showed the hippocampus. And I thought, okay, are they going to talk about memory? No, it's just, (laughs) the hippocampus is the center of the mind. No, come on. Uh, And and it was just all these broad categorizations about emotions and where they are. And I thought, I don't need this. But Carrie. (laughs) Carrie needed it. Carrie bought it. Uh, So I started reading it before his talk. I'm just sort of walking around during lunchtime and reading it. And I I won't, I won't. But I noticed something that I store away in my head for later. Uh, So when Dr. Mangazi comes up, I am very excited for Ross in particular, but really the whole room to learn what's happening. So uh, so Dr. Mangazi can figure out whether, uh, is he there? Oh, oh, that's just someone passing by. It might be someone who needs deliverance. (laughs) Pretty loud out there. So, Dr. Mungadzi can look at your brain map and figure out what your problems are. Things like whether you have addiction, whether uh, you struggle with same-sex attraction is one of the things that he deals with. (laughs) Yes, cheer for same-sex attraction. (laughs) Happy Pride Month. Uh, then, uh, yeah, so things like abuse, he can literally see in your brain map, and he can also see if you have a demon. Which you think would be highly interesting to this crowd, to this uh-huh. ministry. Wow, you can look at someone's brain and determine the demons that are there. Why are we doing anything else? Let's all go to this man and get MRIs, see our brain maps, and find out if we have demons. And, and Bob is introducing him with all of these superlatives. He inspired me, but you know what? I've lost touch with him for the last 20 years or so, so I just I don't know what he's been up to. Great to have him here. He's our keynote our speaker. Our keynote speaker. Keynote speaker. Speaker. Okay, so Dr. Jerry gets up. Ross is just waiting. I'm like, this, <laughs> the moment has arrived. He gets up. He, uh, he has a PowerPoint. He was one of the few people with visuals. Right, yeah, so we're taking pictures of the slides. Uh, some of them, <laughs> uh, Carrie's pointing out to me like, okay, there he's showing signs of emotional abuse, and there he's showing signs of physical abuse, and they're the exact same list <laughs> Of things to look Identical. at. Identical. Identicalists. Yeah. Other really times not useful slides. And he's trying to tell us the difference between the signs of dissociative identity disorder, uh, which is already a very tricky um, diagnosis. diagnosis. Also uh, used to be called multiple personalities. Right. And they're talking about that distinction. Uh, and then he's saying how to distinguish that from people who have demons. And, and sometimes the slides are mislabeled. And so all the list of <laughs> things that are, are clearly about dissociative identity disorder, but it's saying signs of demonization. You're going, wait, what? Right. Yeah. So it's a like uh, signs that they have 
multiple personalities instead of a demon. Well, they growl at you and say their name is Bale. I'm like, no, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you screwed that up. So, so pretty much the whole presentation was just there, and Carrie's, you know, sitting smugly waiting for something <laughs> exciting to happen, but... Uh, he's just telling. Oh, and we should say he's showing us these images of brains, right? He's saying, okay, so this one, you know, this woman's name is Catherine, and you can see that the middle of her brain is all red, but the outer part is all blue, and then this part here is pink, and the pink tells me that she uh, is addicted to something. Okay, but I would think you're sitting there thinking, well... It invites a question. Yeah, well, surely. But also you're probably thinking, well, wait, on MMR, on MRIs, there aren't colors. Yeah, There's you, you just... can add false color later to show concentration. Right. But, but it's, I mean, it, it just lights up in these certain like parts of the brain. These are like shaded lobes of the brain. So right. yeah, something's not quite right here. And, and he's not really talking about the origin of these scans. He's just telling us stories about particular interventions. And so <laughs> we get to the Q&A section, and the microphone's getting passed around, and Carrie's doing this. <laughs> Ross waves his hand wildly. And so they go to a different person who asks, like, a uh, boring question. And so then they don't go to Carrie. They go to someone else on the other side. But God love this woman. She says, so I'm curious, how do you generate these images of the brain? Uh, is it some sort of a scanning process? And so he hands the microphone, uh, or she hands the microphone to Bob. Yeah. And Bob says, yeah, you know, I was thinking that myself. Like, are they MRIs or... And hands it to Dr. Jerry Mungazi, and our lives change forever. Jerry says, well, actually, what I do, it's very simple. It's much simpler than you would think. So I have a diagram of the brain, and I give it to them on a piece of paper, and I don't tell them what to do. I just give them a box of crayons. <laughs> and I let them color in their brains. So Carrie tells me, film Bob's reaction. Get a video. Get a video. <laughs> and so Bob's hearing this for the first time. He's holding up the microphone, and you, you just see him sitting there thinking, thinking. And we're just picturing inside of his mind, oh, shit. What have I done? This is my keynote spe <laughs> speaker. I've invited this utter crap to my conference. <laughs> and we're we're just in convulsions and struggling like so trying, hard not to laugh. We and we are not succeeding. Are, like, this so, is worse than the time they played the Lion King at the song realism seminar during a meditation. Um we were laughing oh. so hard that I was like, well, that's it. Like, they're going to kick us out. People are looking at us like, wait, what's wrong with them? And we're looking around like, don't you all get it, what he just said? People color in their own brains, and that's how he detects all of their life problems. It's a coloring book. <laughs> oh, and so just... It keeps hitting me in a wave like, oh my goodness, he just said that. And I start laughing again. Yeah, and then we'll stop. We'll be like, we've got it under control. We've got it under control. No, we don't. <laughs> so there's a prayer and we're laughing through the prayer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's so awkward. Oh my God. Um, but so I already knew this too because I had read the book. And 
I know, it's so, so funny. So we didn't want to spoil it for you guys, but a good like 10 minutes before the Q&A, I showed Ross because I was like, he's going to lose it. Um, it didn't matter. I knew it was coming and I couldn't <laughs> stop. But uh, once you color in your brain, um, he, see, it'll last for you guys too. Once you color in your brain, he takes the coloring book and analyzes it. And, um, and often he will find a demon in your little drawing. <laughs> so he starts showing us these brain maps and he's like, well, I can't, you know, I can't tell you the exact analysis, but the different colors tell me different things and the different places in the brain give me more information. And so this one here had a demon in the corpus callosum, but that one over there had a demon in the pineal gland. And he's like showing them and I'm like, you're pointing at all the green ones. You're kind of giving it away. So I think if you ever go there, just like get every shade of green and just color in the entire brain. Someone asked, what did Bob say about that? Yeah, so... Uh, Bob afterwards just said, that's so fascinating. This has been amazing. What do you know? Bob was a champ, but Bob is smart. Do not be mistaken. Bob is a smart man. Yeah. He knew what was happening there. He, it had to be incredibly uncomfortable for him. And you could see some cognitive dissonance in the room. Yeah, people tilting their heads and, huh. Not what I expected. Yeah. But, but Bob played it like a champ. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so right afterward, he just... Yeah, turned back to the microphone and was like, wasn't that amazing? Give him a hand kind of stuff. But we have it on video. We'll put it on our social media. It's so good. <laughs> so then, uh, oh, thank you. Uh, wait, it's 921? Yeah, we've been going. Oh, my God. We got to shut up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're <laughs> Keep going till 2 a.m. Well, we'll give you the quick version of the next day. Okay. So, so we came back the next morning. The, this original one had been from 1 o'clock to 8.30 at night. And so then the next day was supposed to be 9 to 3. Mm -hmm. And so we came in and we heard from a husband and wife duo who are setting up a nationwide organization to carry uh, deliverance into the Deliverance 2.0 realm. They're going to build up networks. So anywhere you are in the U.S., within 100 miles, there's going to be an exorcist who is ready to help you. But he mentioned, yeah. I think, like, in order to do that, they needed something like, how many centers? A few hundred centers, and right now they have, like, 12. Sure. Yeah. you got to start somewhere. Yeah, no, I don't you're know. right. What do you think, Carrie? Should we become a center? No. <laughs> I mean, I guess we could do what, ooh, we could do what those, like, fake abortion clinics do and just be like, yes, deliverance center. We deliver you to the hospital. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, okay. we just give them good advice and huh, tell them to leave us a positive So when they form. go low, we also go low. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Yeah, and then tell everyone their eyes turned green. Uh, and so then we had, oh, Thomas Hainer. Oh, who is described here as attorney at law. Not an attorney, not at law. Carrie blew that one wide open. But yeah, he was this, well, he's a Trump supporter, which we learned oh, very yes. quickly. His Twitter is all that. Yeah, there was, there was an undercurrent of this. Uh, when mm -hmm. Bob brought his, one of his daughters up, the middle daughter, he said, she's running for president someday. She's going to be president. Just we wait for it. And none of you are going to have to yell, lock her up. Yeah. Yeah, it's true, though. None of us will have to chant that. And none of us ever have. Um, I, yeah, and so this, this guy, this quote-unquote lawyer fellow, he was 
Uh, also throwing out these little bits that were kind of right-wing talking points about uh, the right to choose. That's just the left hijacking language. You know, they they want to kill babies. It's infanticide. Right. Uh, yeah. Boo. 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 Yeah. Then we had a former public school teacher, and this public school teacher mentioned that he had had to deliver kids in his classroom. Yeah. Now. That sounds worse than it turns out to be. Someone during Q&A asked him, like, okay, what does that actually look like? Because I am a teacher and I'd love to deliver my students. And, uh, yeah, uh, but he said, for the most part, I do it in my head. I'm silently praying for their deliverance. All right, yeah. fine. You know what? Um, go to town. But he was also giving advice on how to set up, like, a club at your school within legal yeah. boundaries and invite them afterwards and invite the parents. And it's okay. You can use school facilities and do deliverance. So, no. yeah, eh, shaky stuff. Uh, then we had uh, uh, Gina Manning. She was a teacher and special educator. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to picture her. She did not make an impression on me. I don't remember. Was she the also the comedian? Oh, the stand-up. Yes, yes. I think so, yeah. Okay. So she, she was funny. Yeah, she was relatively funny. She was fun. good. Good stage presence. Uh, cried a lot. But she gave us... Uh, <laughs> She gave us a list of things she no longer does because she didn't realize at the time that they were connected to the occult. And they were things like flipping a coin, uh, using a wishing well, blowing out your birthday candles. Don't do it! <laughs> blowing out a dandelion. That's satanic. Oh, yeah. Um, and, of course, celebrating Halloween. And being celibate. What? She said she's celibate now because, you know, you can only oh, have yeah. sex inside of marriage. Okay, yeah. That's not a thing she stopped doing. It's a thing she started doing. Being she started celebrating. Okay. Got it. Yeah. We stopped celebrating. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was a real drag. Like, oh, poor lady, your life. Um. And then we got, to, we got to a husband and wife couple who came up and talked about their work in psychiatry. Oh, boy. And, and at least Carrie had already looked up this guy's negative past, and he had copped to it. His... Well, kind of. Okay. Kind of. He just said, my career was stopped for a while in 2012 because the spirit of Jezebel persecuted me. And um, for a while, I had reduced freedom. In fact, you could say I was enclosed within four walls, if you understand what I mean. The, the implication seemed to be prison. I Okay, so I've looked this guy up. I'm not sure why he was... He said, that he said because, it was briefly, so he might have had a one-night lockup or oh, something. Oh, maybe. I don't know. It was very weird. But this this guy was accused by his wife of domestic abuse and of sexually assaulting her. And so, yeah, so in 2012, he was arrested and um, uh, basically put on probation for like a year and a half. He did get his medical... His medical license was never taken away, so now he's back practicing medicine. Yeah. He's not local, though, so you can no. find him in Salem, he's, Massachusetts. He's in the Salem if area. Need, um, if, if you need but, his services. I mean, yes, he, he owned up to it insofar as he said there was an incident, but he basically said that the spirit of Jezebel inhabited his ex-wife, and that's why there was this false allegation against him. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, not how I thought that was going to go. I thought he was going to say, oh, the spirit of Jezebel inhabited me. I've become a better person. Nope. Mm-mm. No, why no. not blame the woman if you can? And then his wife, uh, she gave a long story about how she had psychiatric problems of her own, but now she wants to start her own deliverance ministry. And she was a psychiatric nurse. Registered nurse, yeah. So I was thinking like, oh, crap, like uh, probably these people are avoiding giving them medicine and instead giving their patients deliverance, which would be 
horrific. Uh, but it turns out, uh, no, he actually, <laughs> this was a nice surprise. Someone asked a question at the end about like, how do you sort of disentangle when you need to use a medical intervention and when you should do deliverance? And he said, um, use medication first. Uh, if yeah. the medication works, don't deliver them. Um, yeah, yeah, so. He was saying okay. responsible things. He was saying, I work at a hospital and my code of ethics requires that I practice psychiatry. So I don't do deliverance at work. Like, okay, good yeah. for you. Then he said, I do think 10% of the people who come through my doors do have demons. It, yes, sweet. <laughs> sweet, said someone in the audience. Well, yeah, and he would say that, you know, once you find someone for whom medication doesn't work, you know, maybe we can try deliverance. Or we should. You know, he wanted to start his own ministry with his wife. So, yes, it, it was a strong claim. But at least he was hedging his language a lot more than yeah, most people. reducing s some unnecessary harm. And the, the rest of it was a lot of celebrations of Bob's birthday and just how wonderful this he whole weekend was. And, you know, what was supposed to end at 3 o'clock nudged to 4 o'clock. So it was much like this show. I was going to say, here we are <laughs> doing the same thing. I... <laughs> I do want to mention, uh, before we wrap up, that uh, I was just reading this study today, Ross, like you do when you're on vacay. Yes. You print out a study from the U.S. government, and you read it. Yeah, this, this study was actually on repressed memory and on satanic ritual abuse, and the reason that it's relevant here is because Bob you know, claims that a lot of the people who come to him recover memories of having been in satanic cults. This is a study from 1995 out of your U.S. government, where they actually, I'm, I'm surprised I didn't know this existed, they actually went and looked. They were like, okay, people are saying this is happening, so let's see if there's any evidence of uh, satanic rings existing in the and U.S. I, for one, am totally in favor of that. I think it is worth tax money. If this is a common belief, go out, yeah, invest, yep. investigate the UFOs, and investigate the satanic uh, Whether panic. vaccines cause autism. Yeah, do yeah, it. Because yeah, you will the find out they don't. And they don't. Yeah, um, but here's what's really interesting. Uh, they did find evidence of certain patterns of abuse, and guess where they mostly were? In the church? Yes, mostly in mainstream churches, mostly during exorcisms. What? Yep. So uh, there are like a few examples in here of like, okay, we were able to validate this. They weren't people who had recovered their memories. They fully remembered it. But uh, they were able, like, uh, I don't even want, the, the, the descriptions are so awful. Uh, but, you know, serious physical abuse, and they took place during exorcisms while the parent was completely convinced that their kid was overtaken by a demon, and then the parent goes to jail, and I mean, just really horrifying. But he's telling us it's the other way around, Ross, that the exorcism fixes the problem. Yeah, oh, so, oh, that's such a perversion uh, that you come in to ha have yourself helped for real problems, and that is where you get them. You know, that's where you're abused. Uh, that's that's horrific. Yeah. Thank well, you. Cool. Thank you you're welcome. That. What a all fun right. show. So we are so happy to have you all here. We've got a few giveaways, and I don't have any real scientific way to do this. Uh, so I'm just going to go by like general enthusiasm. So, oh, okay, okay, okay. okay goodness. Goodness, goodness. Okay, so this this is from the International School of Exorcism. We all got a tumbler, and toward the end, who said I need that? Okay. You are welcome. Okay, 
now I, I wanted to say, I, I grabbed that extra one and I texted a picture of it to my wife, Kara, and she said she wants everyone to know this is her favorite investigation we've done. She's, she's loved this whole Bob Larson thing. So usually she's a little iffy about these things we do, but she's like, this is pretty cool. Uh, but she forwent having a tumbler, said, no, give it to someone who needs it. You're welcome. Okay, I figured I would also give my name badge. I, I too, I too will give mine name badge. I, I just want to note uh, it's a, uh, that Carrie is spelled wrong. It's spelled like the verb. Everyone still want it? I'm just going to throw it. It's like a wedding. You are the next person to go to exorcism school. Okay, this will split the audience a bit. It is, and it suffers the illusion shirt in size extra large. Extra large. Who wants an extra large? Okay, and we have. Yes? All right, we have one more 2XL. Who wants a 2XL? Okay. I I can't ignore that. Sorry. Here's what's really fun about those the artwork is accidentally stolen. The person who designed it, very sweet guy, he didn't realize we couldn't sell them if it had uh, trademarked artwork on it. That's why we have to get them. They're great giveaways. Yeah. Uh, what else can we say? So we will also, so it'll take us a minute, but we're going to come out to the table back there and we'll sell some of our, um, I'm sure it's Al Tour shirts. Yeah, yeah, triple layer jokes there. Uh, so come after the show and we'll stay as long as they'll let us or we need to. We, we want to see you. We'll take pictures with you, give you consensual hugs, whatever you're into. Uh, so they're $30 a shirt or two for 50 uh, they're U.S. made, and five dollars from each shirt is going to the Dallas Hope House, uh, which is an yeah, which is a center for LGBT youth experiencing homelessness. Happy Pride Month, by the way. And if you buy three, you get a free copy of Bryn's book. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, so that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. Our, our show is sometimes edited by Victor Figueroa. Victor. Victor. He makes the show slightly shorter. And I love him for it. And uh, you can find us on all the things, but you found us. You're here. Uh, thank you, Dallas. It's been so much fun. I hope we get to uh, meet all of you, so stick around. And, uh, oh, we didn't do an and remember. We didn't. Uh-oh. Should we just hand the microphone to someone in the audience and really, really trust and remember? them? So we, at the end of the episode, we say, and remember, and someone says oh, something okay, we wise. Okay, we got one right here. Such as, and, and remember, remember, yoga will give you demons. Yeah! Well done.
we interrupt the podcast you're listening to to tell you about another podcast. That's right. We got this with Mark and Hal. That's correct, Mark. This is Hal. We do the hard work for you, settling all of the meaningless arguments you have with your friends. So tune in every week on the Maximum Fun Network for We Got This with Mark and Hal. And all your questions will be asked and answered. You're welcome. All right. That's enough of that. We got this. Hi, are you someone who thinks that when one door closes, another one opens? Someone who always sees the light at the end of the tunnel. If you answered yes to one or both of these questions, good for you. We are not those people. Nope. I'm Annabelle Gerwich, and I'm a, you know that other door opening? It probably leads to a broom closet kind of person. And I'm Laura House. When I see a light at the end of a tunnel, I assume it's a train headed right toward me. Laura and I have created a brand new podcast for people like us. It's called Tiny Victories. We're sharing personal tiny victories or things we've read or seen that inspire resilience. So if you're looking for a tiny reason to get out of bed each week, subscribe to Tiny Victories. Available on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get tiny. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.